If you're turning with me today, we're going to be in Isaiah. Isaiah 43. That's where we're going to start. And we're going to look at a, well, we're going to look at a pretty familiar passage of Scripture, I think. But I feel like God's really speaking some things to me through it and speaking some things to us as a church and and as a body. And we're going to see some different things, some things that, that I haven't seen before. Isaiah 43, read you verse 18, 18 and 19. But today I want to talk to you about a new thing, the new thing that God wants to do. I had a dream one day this last week. I don't remember what day it was. I dream a lot. Um, I had a dream earlier this week and that morning when we were we were just getting ready to leave the house and kids were getting ready for school and and like the dream just popped back in my mind sometimes I mean that's how it happens with me I don't know about you guys but I'll have dreamed something that's so real and then it'll just pop back in my mind like almost like it was something that actually happened more like a memory than a dream well that kind of happened um this week and I said to Jesse she was standing there and I said I had a dream this and uh, my dream said that he wants to do a new thing in the same thing. And Jesse said, Excuse, your dream said? Because <laughs> that's how I worded it. And I was like, yeah, I had a dream. That's what, that's what the dream said. So that got me studying and looking at some things. And this is a pretty famous part of scripture where God's saying through the prophet Isaiah that I'm going to do a new thing. Can you hear it? Can you perceive it? Do you believe it? Um, and it just kind of got me on that path. It got me thinking and studying and I had some other stuff that I really wanted to preach about today. And uh, so I think I'll preach to you about that next week, maybe, hopefully, because um, I was going to talk about knocking and call it knocking on heaven's door and talk to you about where Jesus said to knock. And it was super good. But we're going to talk about the new thing. There's, there's a new message, not the one that I started studying this week. The new thing. So the more I thought about that, and I thought, well, if this was a dream from God, what does that mean? We want to do a new thing in the same thing. He wants to do a new thing in the same thing. Today, I'm going to give you three things, and I believe God showed me, that will help you have the new thing, or walk in the new thing. Three things that you can practically do that will help you to walk in the new because I don't know about y'all, but a lot of times it's hard for me to walk in the new thing, the new season, the new relationship, the new, I'm just comfortable with the old. I, I get super comfortable with it across the board. I mean, that hole in the sheetrock that Jesse wants fixed, man, I get, I get comfortable with it. After a while, I don't even notice it's there anymore. Oh, see, that's why I didn't notice. She learned how to mud sheetrock. <laughs> I'm thinking I hadn't noticed that in a while. <laughs> you get comfortable with the old. You get complacent. You get okay with things that maybe at first you weren't okay with. But, but you know, that can go for good things too. 
right? You can, something can be great for a season, but then God calls you to another season. You can't stay in the same season forever, even if it's good. Even if it's a great thing, you can't stay in that season. We get caught up in that season. So I'm going to give you three things that, that God gave me, and I think it's for all of us. Number one, before we read the scripture, I'll just go ahead and give you the first one. First one is look for the new thing and the same thing. Look for the new thing and the same thing. Let's read Isaiah 43, 18. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. He's saying, forget the past. Remember ye not the former things. That word, it was translated former. It's a Hebrew word, zakar. Um, and that word literally means stop listening or stop talking about, stop mentioning. He's saying, stop talking about it. Because if you keep on talking about it, you can't forget it. And when we read it and we think, yeah, okay, forget the past. Forget the things that we've been through. Forget those old things. It's like what Paul said is the one thing I do is forget what's behind and press on. So the meaning of that word, remember ye not the former things. It means stop talking about it. Quit bringing it up. Quit working your past into every conversation. Quit bringing your pain into it. You need to find some healing. That It literally means stop mentioning it. Have some discipline. Stop talking about it. I'm trying to do a new thing, but you won't let me. Because you can't get off the old thing and open up for the new thing. It says, remember ye not the former things. Stop talking about the former things. Neither consider the things of old. It doesn't mean that's easy. How, how many of y'all know that just because God tells you to do something doesn't mean it's easy. It means it's possible. He doesn't instruct you to do something that's not possible. But He often instructs you to do things that aren't easy. You say he's never told you to do something that was hard, I'd say you're probably not listening. But it's possible and it's for your good. There's a reason. Next verse, verse 19 says, Behold. No, don't read the next verse yet. There are some things in your life that you need to stop talking about. It was a part of your life. Yes, like we talked about last week. Maybe it was a whole chapter of your life. But it's not supposed to be the underlying theme of your whole story. It was a chapter. It's not all God has for you. That's not the underlying theme of your whole entire story. If I wanted to destroy you, I would try to get you to focus on the past. 
because you can never change it. And you'll never move forward and you'll never really live now if all you're doing is focusing on the past. So if I was your enemy or I wanted to destroy you, all I would have to do is get you to focus on the past, good or bad. Past hurt, past victories. Just get you on the past because you can't change it. You can't go back and do anything about it. So the more you focus on that, the less productive you will be. Now, I can learn from my past, right? I can honor my past. I can remember my past. You don't just forget. We remember it. I can learn from it and honor it and I remember it. But if I give it power, it'll keep me from the new thing that God has for me. Listen how the Message Bible words this this scripture. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through the pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? Do you see it? Be alert and be present. You got to be alert and be present. If you're stuck in the past, probably not very alert or present. We'll finish reading you verse 19 in the, the King James. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make, that word translated make there, that's another Hebrew word. And it's not a miracle word. It's not the word like when Jesus would make someone whole or do a miracle. It's not that word. This word means to create a process. I will even make a way. I will even create a process. Well, wait a minute. Make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's the impossible. God says, I will create a process. If you will obey me, you will see the impossible. But it's not instant. You see, it's going to take obedience. It's going to take consistency to see the impossible. It's impossible for a river to run through a desert. It wouldn't be a desert. To create a process. God says, I will do the impossible, but you need to know it's a process. Why? Because you're going to give up when it happens instantly. If you don't know, it's a process. Restoration is a process. 
It's like a relationship as we grow and as we learn. And it's a process. We need to know that so we don't get frustrated. So don't quit. Keep starting new chapters. Don't be afraid of the new. Don't be afraid to embrace the new. Consistency. You know, we're all called to lead. You will never be a good leader if you don't learn how to embrace the new. You'll get stuck and everybody that's following you will get stuck too. The ones that want the new will be frustrated. They're trying to follow and submit to you. If you ask me when in my marriage to Jesse, when did you fall in love with Jesse? I don't know. Like what day, what minute was it that you loved her? I don't know. There were a whole lot of things that happened. There were moments and there were gifts given and there was time spent and there were swing dances performed and there were stuff right (laughs) there was love and it can't stop with that there were things today and yesterday and that's a relationship and you can't measure when it happened Just like I can't go to the gym tomorrow and run on the treadmill and come home and rip off my shirt and see a difference. Same fat belly. Like, in fact, I can go to the gym for three days in a row and see no measurable difference. Nothing. Zero. Except for pain I will be sore what does it take consistency I can't go to the gym and work out an intense hard workout for 10 hours straight and get in good shape but I can get in good shape if I work out for 20 minutes a day consistently it's not about a moment of intensity It's about consistency. Man, I go to the... I don't want to lie to y'all. Let me rephrase that. I about worded that wrong. I don't go to the dentist, but I could go to the dentist. <laughs> Only go if I have to. I could go to the dentist and get my teeth cleaned and get them to fix any cavities that are in there and get it all fixed up and have this moment of all this work and an expert to work on them and get them as clean as they could be and walk out and then not brush my teeth for a couple years not floss or brush my teeth or take care of them and then I can go back to the dentist and tell him to fix them up and clean them see that couple hours of intensity isn't going to make up for my lack of consistency my brushing them twice a day for two minutes each time And you know what? If I brush them only 
one time for two minutes, you know what it does? Nothing. If I did it twice a day for a month and then quit, guess what? They're still going to rot. It's a process. It doesn't end. The same with the new things that God wants to bring into your life. It's going to take consistency because He's going to keep moving you. He's going to keep growing you and then you're going to be able to handle more. You're going to be able to carry more weight and more responsibility and you're going to grow up. Malachi can do a whole lot more than Sky can do. Sky can't jump in the truck and drive to Carrollton. Malachi can. We want to keep growing and maturing, then we're going to get more responsibilities. We're going to have more opportunities to mess up too. Right, Malachi? I'm just trying to be funny. Malachi's a great kid. Sky messes up more. No, no, no. Hey, hey, yeah, Titus, you're a great kid too. In fact, this week when Sky was leaving his class, Sky has a teacher at the middle school, Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner taught Malachi and Titus and now Sky. And so Mr. Turner calls Sky over to his desk when Sky was about to leave his class because they're out for Thanksgiving break. And he hands Sky a note. He said, Sky, this is important. You read this. Don't read it right now in front of the class. Read it when you're alone. Away from everybody, this is important. Make sure you pay attention to what it says. And so Sky's like, oh, am I in trouble? What happened? So, of course, as soon as he gets out the door, he starts reading it in the hallway. And uh, he brings it shows it to me and the note says uh, Sky I am thankful that I get to be your teacher you are my third favorite Rutherford signed Mr. Turner so Malachi and Titus aren't I said Sky's in kid, kid space so they're really the good ones he's my favorite Sky is too, though. He's my favorite. Y'all are too. That's how God treats us. Right? I'm, I get to be his favorite. No, I do. <laughs> we all get to be his favorite. And I didn't really understand. I didn't really understand how that worked until I had three boys that are all my favorite. <laughs> now I can't remember what I was talking about because I didn't plan on saying all that. Uh, if you did it one time, if you brushed your teeth one time, if you went to the gym one time, if, if you did a nice thing for your wife or your husband one time, that's not enough. Right? It takes consistency. But I've tried that. It ain't work. We'll try it again. Let me do it again. And again and again. How many times? I don't know. If you want to live in the new thing that God has for you, it's going to take discipline and it's going to take consistency. So... 
Maybe you're looking for a new marriage. Been praying and asking God, God, my marriage is horrible. I need a new marriage. And you think that means you need a new spouse. See, when I said that God wants you to look for the new thing in the same thing. See, God can give you a new marriage with the same spouse. He can do a new thing in the same thing. Like we pray, oh God, I got to have a new job. My job's horrible. Maybe God, the new thing that God wants to do is in the same thing. From the looks on some faces out there in the crowd, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe you've been praying for God to give you a new church. And God wants to do a new thing in the same church with the same preacher. I'm very sorry to tell you that. Or I'm very happy to tell you that. He wants to do a new thing in the same thing. In Joshua 3, you can go read, when Joshua was taking all the people into the promised land, And they would fight battles and they would win victories and they would take over the land. And God was saying, everywhere you step your foot, I'm going to give it to you. It's going to be your inheritance and all that. But if you go look at it, God says something very interesting. He said, Joshua, you have not passed this way before. You haven't gone here before. Yeah, he has. Joshua and Caleb and the other 10 spies, they went there before. They went all over the land. That was their job. They were spying out the land. So they walked on every piece of land before to spy it out, to check out the fruit, to check out who lived where, who lived in the mountains, who lived by the ocean. He had been there before. But he went in as a spy. He went in before in hiding. He went in before, afraid and hiding. This time he would go in as a conqueror to take all that God had for him. See, God was going to do a new thing in the same thing. He had been that way before, but this time it would be different. And I believe that's a word for a lot of us, that God wants to do a new thing in the same thing. See, God wants to do a new thing in the same job, a new thing in the same marriage, a new thing in the same relationship. You've not passed this way before. What was different? Mindset, attitude, God's timing. Now it's time for you to possess. Look for the new thing in the same thing. We want new places. And God wants you to be different. New approach, new perspective. God, I need a new car. Why don't you wash the one you have? See if you like it better. (laughs) Clean the trash out of it. How about this one? God, I need a new job. My boss hates me. You know, if you, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe not. Maybe you need a new work ethic and your boss won't hate you. 
And that's not across the board. Some of you, maybe your boss does hate you. From my experience, most bosses that I've had don't hate anybody that shows up early and stays late and works real hard and looks nice and sometimes he wants to do a new thing in the same thing if I'm going to do anything big I need a new city I got to get out of Waco no be grateful for the city that you're in where you are planted, look for the new thing and the same thing. Here's a question for you. What have you complained about that you could thank God for? Or thank God in it? Even if you can't thank Him for it, you could thank Him in it instead of choosing to complain about it. Okay, number two. Got to move on. Number two. Look for the new thing, not the old thing again. I've done it a lot. I'm sure you have too. We look for the old thing again because we think for some reason that it's supposed to look like it did before. He did it that way before. He's going to do it that way again. So, so instead of looking for the new thing that God's trying to do, we're just looking for the old thing like we want a second chance. Like it didn't work out last time, so it's going to give me another shot to try to make it do it again. And we miss the new thing because we're looking for the old thing again. You will miss the new thing looking for the old, the way it was, how, how you thought it would look. Sometimes we want a second chance, a do-over, another try. Oh God, if you just give me another chance, or, well, if, you could, if I could just go back to my way back to my 20-year-old self and tell them all these things that I would avoid and things that I would do different and think like we want a second chance, a do-over, another try. God is the God of new beginnings, not the God of the second chance. God wants to give you a new beginning. That's why in Romans it tells us that my God can work all things together for good because you don't get a second chance. Like you don't go back and redo. But God can work it all together for good and give you a new beginning. If you're not so focused on the second chance and needing the redo that you miss the new beginning, God's like, I'll use that. You can't go back and change that. So now, how can I grow from it? How can I learn from it? How can I move on? How can God use it? What did it prepare me for? Okay, it was a mistake. Okay, it was hurt. It was pain. Whatever. Whatever it was. How can He use it? He's the God of new beginnings. The second chance mentality is not a healthy place to live. You're living in the regret of what happened or what didn't happen. Hoping for another shot. What could have been, should have been, might have been. You will live there in a space that you have no power to change. Why would you choose to live in a space where you have no power? 
I wish I didn't get that DUI. It's ruined my life. Well, you did. So now what? Don't, don't live there. God's the God of new beginnings, so he can use that. And now, what can you, what'd you learn from it? How are we going to move on from it? And I could throw out a ton of examples, right? I wish I didn't quit that job. I wish I didn't start that job. I wish I didn't get that divorce. I wish I didn't get married to him or her. Or I would like, is that space of, I wish I had another chance, another shot. It's not a healthy place to live. You did. So stop living in what could have been and live in what God can do right now. He can use it, I promise you. Right now, he wants to do a new thing. So the scripture we read, in the NIV, it says, do you not perceive it? King James that we read, it says, shall ye not know it? And the message Bible says, don't you see it? So perceive, know, and see. Or the three different translations. But it's a Hebrew word called yada. Alright? And you know what yada means? God said, I'm doing a new thing. Can you yada it? Can you see it or know it or perceive it? Yada it. It means to declare or decree. Declare it. Or decree it. Can you speak it? God said, I want to do a new thing. Can you declare it? Can you say it? God says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you say it? Can you speak on earth what I've already said in heaven? I'm doing a new thing. But it's voice activated. Will you activate it? You know what prophecy is? It's restating that which God has already stated. Just saying something that God already said. Job 22, 28. We'll wrap this thing up. Thou shalt also... Decree a thing, and it shall be established. Notice the order unto thee and the light. Light stands for direction, illumination, revelation, vision. Remember, David wrote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. If you'll decree it, it'll be established. And then comes the light on all your ways. So what he's saying is, what you decree will be established. And what is established is what you will see. So if all you do is decree complaints... Every day, all day, you're just complaining and finding stuff to complain about. And that's what it is that you choose to decree. 
then you're going to have a lot of stuff in your life to complain about because it will be established. This week is Thanksgiving. So try this. Just, just try this. Find more things to be thankful for than to complain about. I don't know why we're going Thanksgiving over there at their house. <laughs> Much as I love eating sawdust, how do you get a turkey dish dry? If those kids would quit screaming. I mean, really, what do we all? I'm not talking about my family. Because we have great turkey and we're, we're going to a house I like going to. I was just saying, a lot of people complain. Just some people find things to complain about, right? We all do at some times. Find some things to be thankful about. Find more things to be thankful about than complain. Luke eleven nine is where I was going to preach out of this week. And it's where Jesus was given the instructions. And so I won't read the whole thing or even turn there because you know it. But it says, seek and you will find. You familiar with that? Well, it's not just talking about good things. It's bad things too. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. If you're looking for a problem, you're going to find it. If you're looking for something to get mad about, you'll find it. If you're looking for something good to eat, you'll find it. If you're looking for something bad in the food, you'll find it. Like, seek and you will find. You're going to find what you're looking for. Good or bad. Right or wrong. You can find something wrong with everything. There's something, really, you could probably find something wrong with everything. Every relationship in your life, you can find a problem with. Right? Every, I mean, there's a whole lot of different jobs represented in the room. You can find a problem with every, every job in this room. I'm sure you can find problems. Some of y'all's jobs, you can find a lot more problems than others. Except for Journey. I don't know if she's got any problems at her job. But if you're looking for a problem, you're going to find it. Guess what? If you come in this church every week looking for a problem, you're going to find it. If you're having a hard time, let me know. I'll point a few out for you. All right, starting with the pastor. Like there's, you're going, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to find it. In your marriage, you're looking for problems with your husband or problems with your wife, you're going to find them. Because they're human and they got problems. And if they're not human, then you got other problems. So either way. You're going to find it. That wasn't in my notes either. I promise you the more negative, the more negativity that you decree, the more negativity you will see. It's just how it works more negative things you spew out of your mouth, the more things you find to be ungrateful for, then the more you're going to see. That's what the scripture's talking about. I declare it, and then it's established, 
and then the light shines on it, and that's what I see. Why? I've trained myself to see it. Trained myself to find it. It also works the opposite way. Train yourself to see the new, to find God, to to speak life. Be careful calling out bad in your kids. Because eventually that's all you'll see. Call out life. Call out God. Speak what God says. I want to do a new thing. Can you speak it? Can you say it? So there's power in your words. Bees create hives and beavers create dams and ants create beds and humans create the future. There's faith and hope. We're created in the image of our dad, the creator. We Humans create the future. My dog doesn't create the future. The things you speak matter. So here's number three. Third one, third last one. Declare God is doing a new thing. Hey, it may not look like it right now. But God's doing a new thing in this season, in this job, in this relationship, in this ministry, in that God is doing a new thing. And I will see it. Begin to declare that God is doing a new thing. Begin to speak it daily, not one time. Remember, like brushing your teeth. Not go jump on the treadmill for 20 minutes. I'm talking about a consistency. I'm talking about flooding it, flooding your atmosphere with words, the consistency. You know, you can talk yourself into anything. You really can. If you say it long enough to yourself in your brain and over and over, you can convince yourself of all kind of crazy stuff, even stuff that's not true. In fact, if you start right now, even if it seems crazy, like, I, I can fly, I can fly. Well, by next year, you'll have yourself so convinced, you'll be ready to jump off the roof and prove it. Like, you, can, you really can talk yourself into anything. Your words are powerful, and as you speak it, it builds faith. The things that you speak, it builds faith until you believe, you trust to the point where you're willing to have real faith and step out on and rely on something. Like, I believe I can, I believe I can fly. You can't. But you can talk yourself into it. Maybe you can, I don't know. I don't want to kill your... Maybe you can. Maybe that's the new thing God's trying to do in you. If you speak it, you'll start to believe it eventually. If you start to speak over yourselves the things that God says about you, even if you don't believe it at first. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am whole. I Just simple things like that that we know like... And, and sometimes if we want to say it deep down inside, maybe you really don't even believe it. But if you'll start to speak it, you'll believe it. If you begin to speak it, then you'll start to believe it. Why? Because you trust you. 
You trust you more than anyone. So you'll start to believe it. And if you believe it, then you can do it. Like the song says, then there's just nothing to it. That's faith. See, if God gives you a vision, a dream, hope, you can't do it on your own. Because He forces you to have to have other people, to have to connect, to have to have the body, to have to have connections. It's bigger than you can figure out. And if you don't speak it, how will other people get involved? So there's power in your words. Let me read you one more verse in Proverbs 18, 21. You've probably heard this verse before. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You ever, you ever heard that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We've talked about that before. We, we believe that. But look at the next part of the same verse. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You are eating fruit off of the trees that you are creating. What Solomon is saying is you are eating your words. Saying death and life are coming off your tongue every day. You're choosing, and then you're eating that fruit. So you are eating your words. You ever heard people say, oh, I'm going to make him eat his words. Solomon said, whether you realize it or not, you are eating your words. You're eating the things that you say. Now, healthy people will tell you that you are what you eat. Eat healthy stuff, you'll be healthy. Eat a lot of protein, you can grow big muscles if you work out with consistency. You are what you eat. So, I mean, we want to eat Christmas tree-shaped snack cakes. I do. And I think it's a rip-off that they only put five in the box. Not even an even number. My kids can't even have two each. They get... Two of them get two, and one gets one. <laughs> right? But we want to eat Christmas tree-shaped snack cakes and hope they don't show up. I like to eat donuts, and then this big giant donut shows up right here. You know, like, I mean, we want to think we can just eat whatever and that it's not going to show up out here, but it does. Because you are what you eat. Trust me, it shows up. With your words, you are sowing seed every single day. And you will eat the fruits of your labor. Good or bad. You'll eat the fruits of your labor. So the power of life and death are in the tongue and you are eating your words because you are, you are what you eat. 
So I don't live in fear of what I say, but I do have discipline over what I say. There are things that I choose not to say, believe it or not. In the same way that you would have discipline over your diet. If you want to lose weight, you don't just eat anything that's in front of you. You have discipline. In the same way, you should have disciplined words. Because your diet is affecting your body. And your words are affecting your soul. Think about that. In the same way that your diet affects your body, your words affect your soul. And a lot of people with a lot of problems and they're not healthy spiritually and they, I, I don't want to start naming problems because it'll, it might seem like I'm pointing somebody out and I'm not. It's just a lot of us are unhealthy in our souls and we want to know why or why can I not hear from God or why am I so unhealthy or why am I so wounded? Why can I not find healing? Why am I in such a deep, dark place? Why? You are what you eat. Solomon just told us that we're eating our words. So if you're eating death all day, you wonder why your soul's not healthy. Are you feeding it life? Are you feeding it death? If you could think of your words as food, you might be a little more careful about the hate that you spew out, the negativity that you spew out, the, the, the death. Words are the vehicle for your faith. You can speak it before you even believe it. Words are creating the theme or the soundtrack of your life. Do you know how big a soundtrack is? I don't know if y'all have seen any of those clips and stuff where they like, like they take the background music off of the Rocky movie where he's running and he runs up the stairs and he's up on the top going, and they take the music off and it just looks dumb. He looks like, seriously, like he's got something wrong with him. And he's up there going, without the music in the background, with the music in the background, it like gets me so pumped up, I can do cardio. Without the music in the background, it's like, what? That is dumb. What was he? He's not even a good actor. What was changed? Background music? The background? That's what I'm telling you today is that your words are creating the background for your life. It matters. Every time I see you, right? That's the background I get for you in your life. What is it? What is the background that you are creating? Your story will be greatly impacted by the soundtrack that you choose to play. Your story will be greatly impacted. I feel like as we, as we close, I need to show you guys 
just really make this point a little better. Alex, if you would stop playing for a second. I got my own music up here. I'm going to try to use Rebecca's microphone. If you could if you could unmute Rebecca's microphone. Check, check, check. Chains. Check, check, check. Okay. Prop this up so y'all can hear. Okay. All right. So, let's say there's a girl walking down the road, and you hear this music playing. Oh, wow, something good's about to happen. Gather around, kids, it's Disney Plus. Right, like you. Hey, something good's about to happen to her. She's about to meet the love of her life, right? Why? Just because of this? Oh, great. It won't go off. Okay. Right? Just because of the background music. Why is this? Is it because I'm too close to the mic? Oh, okay. All right. What if a girl is walking down the road... And this. Something bad's about to happen. Run, girl, run. There he is. Hide behind the chainsaws in the shed. That's always a good idea. Heard that on an insurance commercial. Wait, is there something behind that building? I, I thought I just saw something. Maybe. Was that? Yeah, there was something over there. <laughs> okay. Like, the background music makes a difference, a big difference, right? So when I come up to you and say, like, hey, how's your marriage? Hmm, let's see here. How's your marriage? Oh, I'm thinking of a You know what? It's great. Now, for years and years, I thought I needed to change her. But now I see I was the one that needed to change. You know what? Things are good and God's using us. We're closer now than we've ever been. Like, you get to choose the background music. Okay, what if I walk up? Man, I really can't get this phone to cooperate. Okay. Hey, how's your marriage? B. Well, it's not what I thought it would be. Year after year after year after year. Talk about some skeletons in the closet. And now this, what I would classify as an addiction, has reared its ugly head. Okay. Soundtrack matters, right? I mean, we could go on. How's your job? Wonderful. It's a lot more challenging than I expected, but I'm growing. God's using it, and I'm okay. 
I've got a new perspective on life. And my arms are getting bigger because I have to move the pallets even though the forklift's broken. Things are good. That didn't sound too bad. Right. How's your job? My boss hates me. He's a jerk. And every time I come in, I, I think I'm going to get fired. I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is not what they said in the job description. And I, I don't know that I, I'm not even qualified to be here. It stresses me out. My hair's falling out in the shower and wads. I don't know if I can. It's, it's messing with my marriage. Okay. Okay. Okay, stop. It won't stop. You see, once you start playing the wrong soundtrack, you can't get it to stop. And even though you want to switch over to something better, I want you to know God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants to prosper you. He died to save you. Come on Wednesday night and connect to some other people that think the way you do. Let your kids play with other kids. Be involved in the body of Christ. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. Come and bring your kids on Wednesday night. And they can connect. Do you want to get saved? Because Jesus died for you. Okay, we'll stop. I can tell by some of the looks. We'll, we'll stop this if I can get my phone to shut up. Okay. All right. Soundtrack matters. The soundtrack that you are choosing to play in your life, it matters. You're creating a soundtrack with your words. There's life and death in the power of your words. You're choosing every day. Play something Go with happy spiritual pads and strings. God loves you. It really does. And he planned this message to get a hold of you and say, hey, you, I got a new thing for you. And I got some new stuff for you. I got some new relationships and jobs. And I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Or I don't care what the past looked like. If it's mistakes, if it's hurt, if it's failure, if it's pain, if it's good, if it's bad. That's okay. I can use it all. I can use every bit. Can you say it? Can you speak it? Do you perceive it? He has a plan. God says, can you decree it? Can you see it? Can you declare it? Can you create a playlist of new beginnings? That's what God told me to do this week. Create a playlist of new beginnings. Can you speak it? How? With your words. God says, can you get in agreement with what I'm saying? 
All you got to do is speak it and say it. And you eat your words. And they are fruit and they are life. And you have a healthy soul. And you're ready to embrace the new. To walk in the new thing that God has for you. It's a process. But there's joy in the process. There's hope on the road. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thanks for speaking to us. Thank you for the new thing that you have for us. For each one of us individually and for us as a church. Now we began speaking some new things, declaring some new things a while back. And we're still declaring it. And we're seeing them come to pass. And there's no doubt in my mind whether they will or not. I know that they will. Because you said it. And that's enough. So God, let faith arise. God, give us a thankful heart and a grateful spirit. Because we're blessed. We got to wake up today. We're your sons and your daughters. We, we get to be part of that family. Part of mankind. God, show us ways that we can give back to the world that we live in. Help us to show love and mercy and grace. Give us the power to remove ourselves from our feelings and to step into somebody else's shoes. Have compassion on them. God, we love you. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.